0: we go wrote a song about it uh, weight and distribution we've kind of danced all around this so far already this morning but um, balancing weight just evenly distributing weight that's kind of important right because if somebody weighs slides have told us the curriculums told us average adult is like no more than 220 pounds right yeah. but still most of the weights at the top of the body and if they're not carried, if that weight's not distributed evenly, the person at the head of the patient, especially if they're shorter than the the guy or lady that's at the feet, that 220 probably just turned into. And I'm no mathematician, but I'd say <laughs> 350, 375, just just kind of guesstimating. It's gonna be heavier if you're the shortest one and on the heaviest side. Does that make sense? All right. Whenever possible use a device that can be rolled. It's always better to roll a patient than to totem When a stretcher must be carried, it is best to use a four-person carry. Patient weighs over blank, you need four rescuers. 2 2, fitty. two, two fitty. That's right. How do you get through a door? Before? Yep. As best you can. If only two AEMTs are available, stand facing one another at the head and foot of the stretcher, and the strongest one needs to be where? At the head. If a patient is supine on a backboard or semi fouler's position on a stretcher, more of the patient's weight rests at the head. Alright, we're repeating ourselves now, but you should always use correct lifting techniques even if they weigh fifteen pounds use correct techniques all team members should be of the same height and strength here's what we break with reality right here's what we break with reality
1: because the, the, chi- the chiefs don't
0: care that's right well y'all know what chaos is don't you chief has arrived on scene that's right Chaos. Uh-oh. Chief has arrived on scene. Because we screw up everything. But long story short, who in the world would we match Justin with? <laughs> I think I can tell you. You can. Josh. Josh. Right yeah. of course it can. Josh. <laughs> right, listen, that's, 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 it ain't picking on nobody, but that's a prime example. Yeah. J- Josh and Justin could very well be in the same station together. curriculum breaks with reality sometimes. That's my only point. Uh, the diamond carry use this to lift and carry patients on a backboard or a stretcher and it requires four rescuers. Now as they start to move, all right now they've lifted using proper, using that, that power lift right? Palms up, weight close to the body, bending with your legs, not your back and then the person this person will be calling the commands right might say something like up on three one two three and everybody goes up back locked in a straight position shoulders over the hips obviously feet about shoulder width apart then they start to walk that way what should happen before they start to walk this dude on the feet should turn around hold the stretcher behind his back never happens or if you have the luxury of a fifth person maybe that fifth person could put their hand on his back and kind of walk and kind of look for him you may or may not have that one-handed carrying techniques the method of lifting and carrying a patient on the backboard once you turn and start to walk obviously you're not going to do this and walk forward right? You have that one hand on the stretcher or the backboard yeah when you must carry a patient up or down a flight of stairs use a stair chair whenever possible as long as they are when you must use a backboard or stretcher on the stairs be sure the patient is anatomically secured to the vice yeah make sure they're strapped on because you're going to be at an angle right and where's their head going to be on the high end right the team leader indicates where each team member should be rapidly describes a sequence of steps to perform before lifting and then you have the commands are given in two parts this is just like military marching you've got your preparatory command and then you've got your order of execution or command of execution they're calling it here that, y'all have a clue what I'm talking about basically you're announcing yeah when they say right face would be the preparatory command March right would be the command of execution uh, can you do that again? I, I could I could. That was good, though. I could you like that you ain't even seen my war face so. <laughs> get me who's the twinkle toe coming yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to stop right there. Raise your hand if you've never seen Full Metal Jacket. If you've never seen Full Metal Jacket, raise your hand. You, you two are not allowed back in my classroom until you go watch Full Metal Jacket. What is it you <laughs> Oh, I didn't know we stacked shit that high. <laughs> You have to watch Full Metal Jacket. Just the boot camp part. Just the boot camp part. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, write it down. Write it down. I can't forget it. Only watch the boot camp scene or the boot camp part of the movie. Well, if you want if you you to send me the details the I think class, we'll we are not want you since class No. <laughs> alright <laughs> alright so in all of that you have to remember preparatory command command of execution and who calls the commands yeah. the rescuer at the head that's correct we're going to lift on three would be the preparatory one two three then would be the command of execution alright principles of safe reaching and pulling. Is it best to pull or push? Pull. What's your book say? Is it better to push or pull? Probably push. Alright. When you use a body drag same principles apply as when lifting and carrying. Do what? Are we still guessing? No. No it's pulling. reaching and pulling safely. We know which is best to pull or to push <laughs> when moving a patient is it better to pull or push kind of Jesus H Christ what does, the, what does the book say it don't mention pushing it just mentions pulling them around listen the, the get, get off of this slide Get off of this slide. Hold hold one second, cause this slide has nothing to do with the answer. Okay. Is it better in general, is it safer or better for you as a rescuer to pull somebody or to push them? Both pull because you have more control. Oh. Oh. Is oh. What does the boat say? Push from the stretcher. Pull. Push from the head, push. push my head in. Stop saying push. It's pulling us both right now. I says pull. <laughs> get off of this slide. I ain't talking about blanket drags. I'm just talking about in general. Is it better to push or to pull? It is far safer to you push, push the, stretcher, the stretcher, stretcher from the ends no. than to move a Read that again, please. It is far safer to push the stretcher from the ends than just to move sideways. Well uh, yeah, Alright. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so here we go. Now let's get back to this slide we're talking about a blanket drag listen you see what they've done with the edges of the blankets they rolled it up all the way to the patient that way they've got something to grab a hold to Um, and again moving him along the long axis of the spine right not a lateral type movement and listen you can take the but it's best to keep the weight close to you either way right 15 inches or less you can take that blanket out what if he had a shirt and you grabbed him by his collars or his it's or his under his arms it's the same concept you're still moving in the same way piece It's what I'm saying piece of webbing under the arms whatever it's still along the long axis of the spine keep back locked and straight not bent avoid any twisting <clears throat> principles of safe reaching and pulling moving a patient across the bed Now that's kind of a, now hopefully they're not, Well, they may be injured laying in the bed, but that's typically not gonna be the case, right? So basically sometimes you will have to move them sideways, right, to get them off of the bed onto your stretcher. You're gonna adjust your stretcher to where it's like the same height of the bed, Mm -hmm. and up against the bed, then kneel on the bed to avoid reaching beyond the recommended distance. Y'all never seen that before, having people reaching across the bed, happens every day, right? When you reach across the stretcher. <coughs> Not supposed to do it. Okay. All right. Log rolling the patient. Again, where's the weight in relationship to the rescuers? Close to the body, right? I thought I saw an extra hand there. I was like, how in the hell did they get the extra hand? But they didn't. Them white shoes I thought was another pair of gloved hands. I was like, wow. All right. Keep your back straight. Roll the patient without stopping until the patient is resting on his or her side. But again, the weight is close to the body. Rolling a wheeled ambulance stretcher says pull from the foot end. Basically you want to make sure people are rolling face forward. They can see where they're going. Correct? Now once you mount them into the ambulance and the ambulance rolls down the road, that's out the window. They see what it means. They see what it means. Yeah. Never push with arms fully extended. Again, you always want the weight close to the body. No matter what scenario you're in. Thank you. Does anybody see? It's not a real bad issue because there's no patient on the stretcher. But does anybody see something wrong there? All that stuff's gonna fall Hit him. That stretcher is actually in the load position, right? That stretcher should be dropped down just a little bit to be in the transport position while moving especially if patient loaded emergency moves when would you perform an emergency move okay such as give me some more specifics look in your book and tell me when emergency moves are appropriate okay either one like if it's let's just say a car wreck let's say, car's on fire or they're not breathing. There's something either in an unsafe environment or you have to perform life-saving care kind of quickly. Emergency moves. If you are alone, use a drag to pull a patient along the long axis of the body. That's what I was talking about. See, now he's got him by his shirt, the blanket. It's all really the same and you can kind of see, especially if they're injured, what is, He's got him by his shoulders, but what does his forearms kind of do? Kind of holding that head steady somewhat too, right? Arms drag. Arm to arm drag. Um, I would say, and the way I was taught, if you go under the arm and you're going to grab forearms, you should actually cross over yeah. and grab the other forearm. That oh, way... Well, what all, all adults are going to be under 220 according to the curriculum <laughs> to remove unresponsive patients from a car alone lower the patient until he or she is lying on the on his back next to the car clear the legs from the vehicle use a long axis body drag to move a patient uh, safe distance from the vehicle if it's on fire. Look, Long story short, if you by yourself and somebody's injured and it's an unsafe environment, one, it's unsafe for you, two, it's unsafe for them, you're going to do your best in reality. But move them along the long axis of the spine as best as you can. Other emergency rooms, uh, emergency rooms, emergency moves. What's this one called? look in your book what's it called front cradle front right. so what's that one called he knows wrists are kind of tied that way that's what's keeping them around his head and he's just crawling what's that one called what's this one called say it louder please All right. what's that one back strap packs out. Can you, do you really want to do these if somebody's injured? No. Not normally. <coughs> <are>. Urgent moves. <coughs> Necessary when patient requires immediate life-saving care yet is in unsafe environment. So what looking at the definition of emergency move and definition of urgent move what's the difference and reference your book to tell me the difference between an emergency move and an urgent move It's not life threatening for you. Okay. Urgent moves are necessary when patient requires immediate life-saving care yet is in unsafe environment. Emergency move. Okay, I'll go with that. Patients with altered LOCs, inadequate ventilation. Patients are showing signs of shock extreme weather conditions you also might have to make an urgent move to gain access to someone else like if you have a patient that's injured let's say in the driver's seat or whatever but the passenger over there in the in, in the passenger seat maybe he's not breathing but you can't access from that side you would need to move the driver kind of quickly to get access to the to the passenger <coughs> Rapid extrication technique, again, that's the technique that everybody uses to get somebody out of a car. Used for patient setting in a vehicle, patient can be moved within one minute, there is a greater risk for spine movement and should only use if extreme urgency exists, but because if they're stable but injured, how are we supposed to get them out of a car? Non-urgent moves, again, both the scene and the patient are stable. You can have time to kind of plan out how you're going to make the move. You're going to have a team leader that's going to be calling the preparatory commands and the commands of execution. Direct ground lift, extremity lift, um, draw sheet methods. We're basically pulling the sheet over from the bed to the stretcher. Or stretcher to the hospital bed. Patient <coughs> carry should only be performed if no spine or neck injury has occurred. There are many different types of patient carry. The strap carry, a one person carry which works best when the patient's armpits rest on your shoulder. The direct ground lift, which requires lifting. Again, that weight's close to the body. All right. What do you see wrong with this slide? Huh? I don't know, but what's wrong with the slide? Huh? They got what? <laughs> okay. Okay. One has kyphosis, but what do you see wrong with the slide? They're mislabeled, right? Uh-huh. Kyphosis is the one on the bottom. Hunchback. The kyphosis, huh? You said it's labeled the right way in the book. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. On the slide, the slide's wrong, though. Uh-huh. Geriatric patients, and again, we're talking about possibility of immobilization but still we're talking about transferring or moving them. If you have to immobilize this patient on a long backboard, a lot of towels. How uncomfortable is that going to be? Hugely. Again, um, oh, hey, I proved my own point last night. I was watching Jeopardy. Anybody watch Jeopardy last night? They asked about uh, osteology. What was osteology? I didn't know they were osteologists, but apparently they are. I got that answer right. Most patients transported by EMS are geriatric patients and there are skeletal changes like we've talked about due to osteoporosis you begin to lose bone density when? 35, 38. 38 and when's who's most likely to have osteoporosis? Postmenopausal females. Uh, spinal curvatures, uh, rigidity, kyphosis, spondylosis, lordosis. What did we say lower doses was? Opposite the sway back. Mm-hmm. The skin's more prone to tearing as well, so you have to keep all that in mind when you're moving them. Bariatrics, hundred million adults in the United States are overweight or obese. Refers uh, again, bariatrics is the management and treatment of obese folks. Back injuries account for the largest number of AEMT missed days of work and temporary or permanent disability. Temporary or permanent disability. So, and how can you keep yourself safe from back injuries? Stretching. Stretching's good. Proper technique. Proper technique. Stay in somewhat in shape. What's, <laughs> look, yeah, be a truck driver, right? Get varicose veins. Um, antagonistic muscle groups, the bicep and the tricep, right? If you want to help your bicep, you should strengthen the triceps, right? Abdominals back, same thing. Strengthen your abdominal muscles your your core if you will that's going to help your back because they're antagonistic in nature they work together stretchers and equipment are being produced with higher capacities that's absolutely true we already talked about that we said the older stretchers would hold up to about 350 now it's pretty standard for a regular stretcher to um, to hold up to 700, 750, okay. But then, then, and again, they make bariatric stretchers on top of that. Those that can accommodate for patients over 750. Remember, might even have a winch on front of them to help move the patient. I thought that was a joke first time I heard of it, but it ain't. Uh, kind of goes with what I said earlier. Quilled stretchers, many models, many different features, uh, but they all have a head end, a foot end, strong metal frame, guardrails, undercarriage the frame that allows to adjust to any height, that way you can match it up to the height of the bed that you're trying to get the patient off of or whatever. A cot also known as a wheeled ambulance stretcher. What type of stretcher do you think that is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a bariatric stretcher and again not so much on this model, but with the when you get into the the ones that are designed for the larger patients the little railings here a lot of times you'll see them designed (laughs) to kind of reduce the pinch points um like those as you pull them up it very easily could pinch their side but the ones that are designed to flap up from the side that way maybe maybe the patient's large enough where it can't come all the way up but even at that angle it can lock in place do its what it's supposed to do, but not pinch them. Reduced pinch points. They're again rated for higher uh, weights. You may have a winch mounted to the stretcher right here. The mattress is going to be a little wider. Okay, some have a tote package with a winch. Between 850 to 900 pounds, these things can carry. Eight hundred fifty to nine hundred pounds; these things can carry. Pneumatic and electronic-powered wheeled stretchers. I think these are the models that most folks are using now, right? The high battery-powered, hydraulically operated stretchers. Okay, they power them up, power them down. You can you can set on the stretcher and reach down, push the button, and raise and lower yourself. It's fun. These things weigh a little bit more than the older models, right? So so when do you think that would be a concern? Like going up and down steps? So avoid that if at all possible. If they're conscious, you should get them up down the steps how? If they're unconscious, maybe a backboard, maybe. Again, I'm not going to go step-for-step about how to uh, operate these stretchers because it absolutely depends on the model that you have. You have the basic concepts, no matter whether you're, you should be rolling them feet first, right? So they can see. The stretcher should be the weight of a patient should always be close to your body, right? If, If you're pushing, don't push with your arms extended. Have the weight how close to the body? No more than 15 inches from the body. That's a portable folding stretcher. You might get those out in mass casualty type situations. Flexible stretchers. What's this one, this particular model called? Does anybody know? Skid. skid. stretcher. You might have a Reed sleeve depending on what Particular name brand you have. Obviously, we're getting from uh, high angle type situations, um, long backboard vest style extrication device, KEDs. A little product identification there. Basket stretchers, also called what? Stokes baskets. Do you have those on ambulances? I think I'm on there you go. No, we're not here. again. Uh, remote locations. You're not gonna be able to drive up too close to them, so you got to actually put them in here and then get them to the vehicle. Cross fields, rough t- terrain, trails, whatever. Scoop stretcher. We use a scoop stretcher on who? but why it is a lot of time it is elderly but why it's not the fact that they're elderly it's because of the potential for a hip fracture right because you don't log roll people with an unste- unsteady pelvis you scoop them up off the ground what's another name for the scoop stretcher orthopedic, orthopedic stretcher says so right there <coughs> stair chairs Folding aluminum frame, fabric stretch across to form a seat and back. Fold the handles fold out like y'all saw earlier. Rubber wheels on the back. And again, the newer models have the tank tracks that really make it nice. What is that? Isolate. Isolate, right? Also called Incubator. Incubator. Incubator what does the incubator do keeps it warm protects it from noise draft infection and excessive handling when might a neonate be put in an isolate or incubator sure. right. <coughs> we have one of those on the ambulance typically <laughs> Medical restraints When is it okay to restrain a patient? They're trying to themselves or to you and your partner. Okay. Can you restrain a conscious competent adult? <laughs> Who's going to say yes? Yeah, tie me down. I mean, yeah, these spins on you and like stuff. Yeah, we don't talk about them stories, (laughs) baby. Follow your local pro listen to me, that's your default answer, and that's what keeps you safe no matter what. Follow your local protocols. No matter where you go to work, you may not know who the doctor is. But there is a doctor that is your medical director. If you run medical calls, there is a doctor who is your medical director and he or she has sat down and wrote out these rules that you're supposed to abide by, okay, because you work under their license. Follow them rules. You can't follow them if you don't know them, right? It doesn't matter what the rule is. If you follow that rule and then there's trouble, it ain't your trouble right? You could have a protocol that said always hit a patient in the head with a bat prior to restraining and if you did that and documented it properly who's in trouble? Now that's obviously an extreme example and you hit somebody with a bat you're going to get in trouble too. You understand that and I think you see the point I'm making but you can't follow a rule that you don't know. <coughs> know your rules. That's when you get in trouble the most is when you don't follow your own rules. So follow your own rules. And if you don't have rules in the written format, do what you know is right and document it. All right. Uh, evaluate for correctable causes of combatness. If if now, I'm going to tell you head injury, you ain't going to correct. <coughs> but hypoxia, and if, if they're hypoxic and a little combative, what might you do? Give them, give them some O's. Give them oxygen. They might get nice. Hypoglycemia. Circle the wagons, boys, right? Give them sugar. If you can If you're going to restrain a patient because one, it's medically necessary and they're not they have an altered level of consciousness and it's medically necessary to do it. You need to have how many people? You, if you're going to try to restrain somebody, you better have one per extremity. right? At least four. At least four. Once you restrain them, put them on a the stretcher, Don't ever restrain somebody and put them on a stretcher face down. It happens, but don't be that person. Because what can you not assess and manage if they're. They literally could suffocate. You've got them restrained. Don't do it. Apply restraint to each extremity, soft restraints. Back in the day, We had this wide tape called cloth tape, we called grady tape, and man, we taped a the hound out of somebody. We'd tape across their forehead, and if they were really mean to us, might even go across the eyebrows, whatever, but we would tape them down. And as they fought against that tape, they would injure themselves. So, So don't do that. Do not restrain them in a way to where they can injure themselves. Soft restraints is what you need to use. And before and after you put a splint on somebody, you check what? Is it important to check PMS after you restrain somebody? Yes. Absolutely. And document everything. And talk if they if they're in the right mind. Hopefully you're not restraining too many people that's in their right mind, but if you need to talk with them, right? You need to talk with them. Communicate with them. Even though you're trying to restrain them, and it needs to be a coordinated event too right if I rubbed and grabbed old buddy's legs and somebody else didn't grab his arms rabbit punch right in the back of the head right don't do don't do that <laughs> yeah I would have some vision problems wouldn't I in summary we said all of this